it's party time. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brather Show. It is Wednesday. We are in the Mothership Studio 22, uploading all the insanity into your brains. Uh, my favorite person, Kayla, at the helm, driving us into those nether regions, as well as uh, Super Chris Cruz. And let's love Brandon. Let me let me see you guys. Put that camera on you guys. Just There's no camera on you guys? See, that's why I wanted to call y'all out and see what the deal was over there. <laughs> I like that camera angle that we do, Brandon, where it's like right there over you and nothing's in the way. But see, there, you know, anyway, I didn't get to show it off. I was going to point something out, but I didn't get to do it. Hey, I want to remind you guys, go to chadpratherlive.com. I'm going to be in Fort Smith, Arkansas, Friday night and the next week in the Woodlands on Wednesday night. That's going to be a special deal. Kyle Hutton's radio show. You do not want to miss that. If you're in the Montgomery County area, come out and hang out with us, have dinner, and it's going to be a fun little radio show we're going to do in front of a live audience and then of course we're at a uh, 2920 roadhouse there in hockley texas on friday night chad prather live has all the information all right enough about that my friend my pastor my mentor my spiritual father every now and then you guys will say we like that side of chad we like when chad that part of chad comes out that's 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 because of the influence of a man who has been uh, my dear friend and just absolute uh, mentor, discipler, the guy who has molded my mind in so many ways, and he's on the in the hot seat today. Wade Trimmer, Wade Trimmer, how are you, <laughs> man? You're here. I am blessed and honored and humbled to be here. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, really. Tell I'm me serious. More. Uh, you, I, you know the preacher's on today, so no cussing. Oh, we're we're gonna drinking. Cuss. Okay, we're gonna cuss. We're gonna pull the tequila out. We're gonna do all that stuff. We're gonna. Let her, the, let her go. We're going we're gonna to make this episode where you your can share Your mom will it to be all watching. She'll be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mom will call me and she'll say, Chad, quit cussing. And I was yeah. like, well, there's sometimes I just need a word that helps me out a little bit. So, uh, wait, you know, you've known me since I was, what, three years old? Yes. And you're the only pastor I truly ever had. I mean, I've been in other churches as I've been in my travels, but yes. you're the only person that's ever been truly a spiritual authority in my life. We've traveled all over the world together. Um, how long were you? How long have you been in ministry? Fifty-two years. Fifty-two years. Fifty-two years. How long did you? Don't pastor? make too much out of that now. I, I will. One, one, one we done of, got old. Wade. One, of the, one of the kids at church said, "Pastor Wade, let me ask you a question. Were Were you on Noah's Ark?" And I said, "What's wrong with you, kid? <laughs> of course I wasn't." She said, "Why didn't you drown?" <laughs> Either way, you were around to see it. <laughs> I was around when the Dead Sea got sick. <laughs> uh, you started in ministry how old? I was... Um, don't, don't be doing the math to try to figure out his age. He's old. We know that. I'm 75. I'm not ashamed of it. i got yeah. a lot of friends that didn't make it to 75. You are the mo you're the most highly motivated 75-year-old I know. I would be even more mo motivated. I have some health issues that kind of throttled me back a little bit. I'm still traveling uh, internationally if you call central america international it's international not, not those long trips like i used to do i i would I, well you were going to africa still right up until a couple of years ago five years ago i contracted this weird wacko ramsey hunt syndrome and that messed me up and then covid came along and i just just the old gray yeah. Former stud is not what he used. <laughs> I was going to say the old gray mare, but that didn't work. Maybe no. it does. I can be Maybe whatever. These days, I can, can be, be whatever I want to be. Okay, you can be a mare if you want to. You can identify as whatever yes. they them equestrian. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to be. Uh, but you started in, in ministry what nineteen or twenty? Twenty 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 one. Yeah, you were married at the age I, of fourteen. I was, yeah, I was. But I, I was. Uh, 
I was saved at almost 20. I would have been 20 in November. I was saved in October the 3rd, 1966. 1966. Yes, I was benevolently ambushed. Tell me about that. Well, you know, I was I I grew up in a in a Christian home. I I was a Baptist before I was born. Everybody in the community <laughs> where I grew up was Baptist and been tampered with. And so, but um, nothing ever spoke to me I, I, during all that time my first cousin and I used to sit on the back row back pew and match pennies while the preacher was preaching and, <laughs> but but anyway so in my teenage years I rebelled against everything in general God in particular and made a mess of my life but I wasn't looking for God I was just looking for the next good good time around the right. corner you know but so I went to work on Redstone Arsenal in Huntsville, Alabama, as an apprentice electrician. And although I quit going to church, church came to me in the form of a little Cumberland Presbyterian pastor who was the superintendent for all the job sites on on the uh, arsenal at that time, on the NASA Inn. And he, he just locked in on me, boy. I mean, like a bullseye was on my heart. And every day for about 30 minutes, he'd come around, share the gospel with me and share his testimony. And I'd threaten to whip him. And he'd say, anytime you want to do that, I can lay this preaching coat down long enough to take you out back. <laughs> so for six months, he, he, he came around, like I said, about 30 minutes every day and, and just loved on me and shared the gospel with me. And as a result of his witness on October the 3rd, 1966, in a little Baptist preacher's home in Etheridge, Tennessee, I gladly and freely committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and He radically changed me. And it's been it's been going on now. I've had a love relationship with Him now for fifty five, fifty six years. Ever how much since sixty six? People hear that type of a story, and they hear the vocabulary that comes out of your mouth. And and I know you. Uh, it's not real in vogue. To, to, to talk in terms like that these days, to have a love affair yes. with God. Yes. And to, to be benevolently ambushed by the gospel. Yes. What is the gospel? What does that mean? I mean, I, because these days I think people think, okay, that's, that yes. happened in 1966. This is 2023. Yes. It's irrelevant now. Yes. Of course, the gospel is based on the, the Greek word that the Greek words that mean good news. But, but I can sum up the gospel in a paragraph. The gospel is the good news that God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. He lived the life that we should have lived, died the death that we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he was and is the Son of God and offers the free gift of eternal life, of salvation to those who will repent and trust in him. That's the... That's the summation of the gospel in a paragraph. I had somebody that came to me on social media the other day and said, I'm the, I am the antithesis of the gospel <laughs> because, yeah. because I, I market things, I try to sell things, yeah. I promote things, I do live shows. You say, you're the antithesis of the gospel. Yeah. And, of course, this is a wild-eyed, re-read liberal progressive who's just looking yeah. for a thing. And, and, and I said, can you tell me what the gospel is? It never could. Of course, I, I always allude to what you just said – uh, which basically the Apostle Paul sums up in 1 Corinthians 15, 15 yes. where he says the death, burial, and resurrection. Of, you know, we proclaim to you this yes. message, and the death, burial, That's and resurrection. That's the distillation of it. That's good news. I, I was talking to some people on Easter Sunday morning this past week, 
And I said, you know, if you win something and you announce that you won, that's good news. Yes. And what you just said is, is, is a victory announcement. It is. And we're approaching the world as people. I, I've coined the term in recent weeks, barbar- theistic barbarian. We're a little wild. We're a little rough around the edges, but we have a theistic worldview. Faintly. Yeah, I think so. And, but even the people who do claim Christ as Savior, as Lord, I, we've, gotten, we've gotten in a big way. The American church especially has gotten watered down by the world. You said a word a minute ago, and I want you to elaborate on that, the word repent. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, most people think, think it means to just feel sorry. and, and sorry. Most people who feel sorry are not sorry for their sins. They're sorry they got caught. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Oops. Oops. <laughs> yeah. and, they're, and they're corralled and cornered and can't get out, so they got to— they got to f- feel bad about themselves. And, yeah. and even many Christians think thinks that that's basically what it means to just kind of feel lower than a snake on snowshoes. You know, you've got to beat yourself up, self-flagellation. But, but the word metanoia is a Greek word, and it simply means to have a change of mind, a change of mind that results in a change of direction. It's a U-turn. It's a U-turn enabled by the Spirit of God that enables me to see. And not only is it just initiatory, that is, get you into the family of God, get you into the kingdom, repentance and faith, but it's also an ongoing uh, gift of the Spirit of God. Yeah. That I, I like to say I keep my repenter limbered up all the time. because <laughs> Keep it loose. <laughs> keep it loose because, you know, I can have a flesh flash in a hurry. <laughs> I, I marvel. I, I, every now and then I say, Lord, you would think after all these years, 56 years of, of being yeah. in the family and knowing you and having you as my father, I, I wouldn't react like this. You'd be good but, at but it. Sometimes, yeah, but, but there's still flesh there. You got, I picked you up at the airport a little while ago and you looked at my windshield and said what happened and i told you i got mad and i slung my phone up against yeah. it one morning yeah. I, I just i'll be honest with you i mean i, I know at this stage stupid in the game, though wasn't it? it was pretty stupid i mean it's gonna cost me you know 100 bucks and a deductible i still haven't gotten the stupid windshield yeah, changed out. it's been months now what you need to do is put some holes in it and just go ahead and lie and tell everybody you were shot at because well, i'm already sinning with getting angry so i just might as well tell people that i'm getting shot at too yeah that's right um i um People listen to this, they hear that, and they go, that's an antiquated message. And, and I have people on social media all the time, and probably people in the live chat watching this right now, and they say, we don't believe, and there's a big term, Chris, have you seen this tossed around where they say, sky daddy? Yeah. Don't believe in sky daddy. Yeah. You know, you guys, you guys want to ban books, you don't believe in transgenderism and all these kind of things, but you believe in sky daddy. What you know, we talk about faith. You know, faith is. I see people also say faith has no scientific basis. Well, it's not about science, although faith can be reassured by some scientific evidence that points to a creator yes. and a design, an architect. But how do you, how do you respond to that? I mean, people say I mean, we talk about faith in Jesus Christ, repentance, turning away from things, and and being reborn. But is there even a God? I think that's the big question that people are saying, because we're living in this postmodern society where it's my truth, your truth. There's no objective that's, truth. That's, that's true. But that's that's nothing new. That's Garden of Eden stuff. You know, that's what the enemy said to our that's first That's right. It's parents. not new. That's exactly right. It's, it's been around as long as man has been on the scene, mm-hmm. because that's what the enemy, the devil, <coughs> said to 
Adam and Eve, you shall be as God. You don't you don't have to submit to authority. You can be in authority. You can be your own God. So what 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 these statements basically are is a little God statements. I call them little God. They'd like to be big God, but <laughs> but he doesn't take kindly to anybody that tries to sit on his seat. Yeah. So he's still large and in charge. And and so the 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 the, the tragedy is that we have moved from science to scientism, and scientism is basically just another faith persuasion because there are things about everything assumes some things. There are things that you have to assume in order to move mm. to the to the next thing to prove something. And and there's as much proof for the Christian faith based on circumstantial evidence, and it's circumstantial, it's historical, but it's still circumstantial because it happened 2,000 years ago, and everybody that was involved in the original New Testament version of it is dead. But when you just look at circumstantial evidence, then, then there's not an upper story faith and a lower story facts. Everybody is involved in some kind of faith persuasion up to a certain point. So for me, there's no such thing as a, as an atheist. The best you can be is an agnostic. To be mm-hmm. an atheist, you got to know all there is to know and have been everywhere there is to be because there might be some place that you haven't been yet where God is. <laughs> he might be on the backside he, of he, Saturn's he, rings. Exactly. Yeah. And then you don't know it all, so there's a there's so much that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So the best you can be is an agnostic, which means I don't know. And when I run into one of those, I want to know what kind of agnostic are you? You one of those horses behind type that's not going to be convinced of anything? Or are you one of those that says, I don't know, but I'm willing to follow the truth wherever it leads me? Yeah. If you're the if you're the the, the former, the, the latter, then th- there's no need of talking with you. Yeah. But here's the reality, Chad. Because we're created in the image and likeness of God, we come with this with this broken image, but nevertheless, we come from the womb knowing, having it imprinted on our very being that there is a God. Romans 1 talks about this. We have to suppress that. Later on, you learn those things. You, 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 you rebel against those things, but by nature, everyone has to suppress what they already know because they're still created in the image and likeness of God. Hang tight. All right, we're going to talk about some practical application of that in the days ahead and and how it applies to your life. Uh, If you're not already hearing that, I think that enough of you are critical thinkers to start to kind of know where we're going with that. Texas superfood. Wade, you need to be taking this stuff right here. <laughs> what does it do for you? It does all kind of stuff, man. It's probiotics, enzymes. It's does it great. put hair on your head? De- well, you know, you never know. I mean, I don't think we've tested you t- are that Are you yet. taking it? I take it every day. Good. Good. Uh, listen, I love these guys. They're people that we can trust, and uh, we share. they share our values. And I know that the uh, founder of Texas Superfoods, he's a veteran. He's also a Texan. He's a homeopathic doctor who's committed his life to help people who want to, you know, kind of get themselves out of the American medical system and take their health into their own hands. So he developed Texas Superfoods. It is a vine ripened antioxidant, which is it uses raw natural fruits and vegetables. And uh, we all learned during COVID how much our immune system um, is important. 
and there's a bunch of stuff out there on the market that tries to fix the symptoms to our health issues. The simple truth is that your body, when properly fed, has an amazing ability to ward off and even fight disease. So I take Texas Superfoods every day. I feel great. I don't worry as much about my diet these days because I know that with Texas Superfoods, my body has what it needs to keep me functioning at my best. And I want you to give them a try as well. I promise you, you're like, how many supplements can we take? I'm telling you, this is the good stuff. Go give them a try at TexasSuperfoods.com. That's TexasSuperfoods.com, and we will be right back. When I was 19 years old, I was still in college, and um, it was the first time I ever got on a, a jet airplane. I'd been on a little puddle jumper you know, Cessna airplanes here and there, but I'd never been on a jet airplane. And we took off out of Augusta, Georgia. When I say we, it was uh, me, you, and Robin. <laughs> and uh, we went to Russia. Yeah. Moscow, Russia. Yeah. 15 days. That was, a, that was a long trip for a first jet plane ride. And it was a long time to be in Russia. Traveled a thousand miles going to McDonald's. Yeah. Finding something to eat. <laughs> well, it was right after the fall of communism. Yes. Which was 89, 90. This was 94. And you still had a heavy residue of communism on the city. And we weren't in the, you know, the entertainment area of Moscow. We were out kind of in the, if you will, the suburbs, so to speak. Right. We were in the outskirts of the deal. And then we went to, we'd take the train out to Zelenodorozhnya and we would teach in the schools and the, you know, it looked like a bomb fallout place out there. Right. And then we would come in and, and we would teach uh, marriage seminars. These people didn't know anything about marriage. Right. They'd been under communism. They didn't know biblical values of real marriage or anything like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I always got a kick out of the fact that they, we did it in a pornography theater. And we had to get I'd out forgotten of those things. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you don't we, ever forget anything. I don't forget anything. We'd, we'd go into um, the pornography theater they gave it to us up until four o'clock in the afternoon then we had to get out of there so they'd go back to showing pornography <laughs> <I> forgot. <laughs> basically we were having church in a porn theater yeah uh which was like going to any cinema you know any theater around america yeah. but it was just knee you know, deep in demons it was yeah it was just russian and gross and yeah. god only knows what had happened <laughs> believe me <laughs> in those seats yeah i can um imagine uh to this day i'm not sure what russian pornography looks like and i'm pretty happy that i don't um especially from those days and uh why and then we'd go went we went all over the world we went out a lot of places yeah why why did you take me with you at all these places what was the point wade well i was discipling you what does i was that trying mean? to model for you what it means to be a one a spiritual father that was desirous of passing on my spiritual dna to you because i believe that's the assignment <clears throat> excuse me i believe that's the assignment of every believer uh based on what what uh, we christians refer to as the great commission given by jesus five different times in the first five books of the new testament uh, and basically the the assignment is to make disciples and and the question is what is the disciple well the simple distillation of that word would be someone who follows another person, 
a disciple of Jesus, is a follower of Jesus who's committed, not just casual, curious follower, but a committed, lifelong learner and lover and follower of Jesus. And I saw that potential in you, and and uh, you gladly uh, responded to, to, to my desire to want to be a, a spiritual father to you and just uh, lead you and love on you and and let you do everything there was to do in order to equip you. To you do. literally let me follow you around the world yes. and just observe and learn yeah. and, and pour your life into me. Yes. You'd let me come over to your house. We'd sit down and go through curriculum sure. every week. Sure. Um, you, That's you, a part of the process. You taught me how to read books. Yes. I knew how to read, but I didn't know the, understand the discipline of. You, you see, here, here's, a, here's a point that you cannot circumvent. There is no impact without contact. And one of the problems with the way we do church now, there's very little impact because it's just a general diffusion of truth with no specificity to it. In other words, it's, it's specific enough within its content, but, but Jesus was never foolish enough to believe that he could make disciples just by preaching to the mob. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have close-up contact with other persons because not only is there no impact without contact, this is better caught than it is taught. Mm. So it's through association. And that's the way Jesus built his life into 12 men. One of those turned out to be a bad apple, Judas Iscariot. But nevertheless, what he did with those men was as essential as what he did on the cross. And then uh, the ratification of that through the resurrection, because irrespective of what he had done to, to remedy our real problems with God, our sin issue with God, our rebellion against God, irrespective <clears throat> of what he did on the cross would have been no value as far as further gener- uh, future generations were concerned, unless he built it into he built his life into other persons to pass this on because he chose to get this from one generation to the next by men and women mm-hmm. that had come into a relationship with him <coughs> and, and so without that the, the, it would have, it would have died it would have not gone any further now if he'd have chosen angels to dispense the the truth that would have been different he wouldn't have had to done that so it's very essential and and I was captured by this many years ago before you came on the scene <clears throat> before you were even born but that's the reason why I saw in you that potential to be a to be a, a spiritual son and pass on the DNA of the life of God, the family of God, the kingdom of God, to perpetuate that to future generations so that the Lamb of God in the end has a reward for his suffering. You know I'm crazy, right? I'm a little, little off. Well, you hadn't always been crazy. You <laughs> <laughs> just know how to keep the crazy hidden. Yeah. Uh, well, you made a good investment. It's stuck, and uh, it's there, and and it, it, you know it's it's a resource that I make withdrawals from the deposit quite often. And, I, and I'm thankful for that investment because you didn't have to do it. And, you know, these days we have this watered-down term of mentorship. But that's, that's not what we're talking about. No, that's not it, it's a, you're right, watered-down. It's a diminished uh, yeah. expression of, of a disciple. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you talk about, you know, we talk about uh, the Sermon on the Mount. You know, Matthew, uh, you, know, you know, Matthew 5, five 6, seven. 6, 7. Yeah. And 
It says when Jesus was seated, he began to speak. It wasn't standing on a mountain preaching to the thousands. He was sitting there with his 12. Yeah. And then the message was being conveyed out. And, and the studies have shown our late friend and, and spiritual father to you and grandfather to me, Herb Hodges, you know, I heard him many times say that Jesus probably repeated himself hundreds of times, these same yes. truths. That's how it was embedded in them. And yes. after his death and resurrection and ascension, they could write these things down with yeah. accuracy. Yes, they had to remember it. Right. If you can't remember it, you can't repeat it, especially uh, in those days when yeah. there was not access to paper readily. And so it had to be remembered in order to be repeated. And that, that's why to this day, I'll say a lot of things that I've heard you say hundreds of times. Well, I'm humbled and honored. <laughs> it, it, and because of the rep- repetition sure, and the consistency absolutely. and the time spent That's the with. way it's supposed to work. And, you know, the, the times in, in everywhere from – I mean, I almost lost you in Africa one time. You almost yeah, died. You're right. Uh, I almost died in Africa. You weren't on that trip, but that, I, you know, Abidjan Ivory Coast. Um, you stepped in a hole and yeah, in a soccer stadium, and I, I was like, well, Wade just knocked his brains out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I had. <laughs> Yeah, it's another story. That's another we, we, story. We'll talk about that in overtime. And by the way, if you don't have Blaze TV, get it so you can watch these overtime segments. We're going to do. We're going to get into some 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 backstories here. But um, when you look at that, you know the the word you know in Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty is is what you're referring to as the Great Commission. That is a very broad, specific, yes, like you said. He, he says it five times. Of it. You know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and you know, teaching them all I've commanded you. Uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, along with you always unto the end of the age. Um, you know, the make disciples, that mathetes in the Greek, mathematics, we get our yes. English word mathematics. Jesus was literally talking about multiplying him in others through that, them. Exactly. Exactly. The American church, and I'm going to take a minute because we're going to get into this in the next segment. We've got to go to a break here in a minute. This one I want to bring up. Do you think the American church, in light of what you just said, has completely lost the map? I mean, they've, they've lost the track. For the most part. But it's not just the American church. This has been true uh, probably as early as 200 A.D. <clears throat> there was a subtle shift in the assignment where, where there was a division between uh, what, what Eusebius called the per, the perfect life and the permitted life, mm. and the perfect life, of course, was like priests and and monks and missionaries, and the permitted life was everybody else: doctors, lawyers, farmers, housewives, and so. Then you begin this subtle shift so that you have professionals and non-professionals. And that's where we are, unfortunately, for the most part today. We have the professionals who do the work of the ministry, and the rest are just members. The clergy and the, the, clergy the preacher versus the does laity. it. Yeah. Yes, and, and that's not biblical <coughs> at all. <clears throat> so what that did is a very uh, powerful uh, infiltration on the part of the enemy that weakened the church tremendously because it reduced the workforce. Instead of every available member being involved in ministry, now you have only those who, quote, feel called and those who are involved in full-time professional ministry. Like yeah. like, like Christian life is not full-time. Everybody's, if you're a Christian, you're full-time. There's not just Sunday go-to-meeting mm-hmm. type Christians. So the, that, that has... And as a result, you you have, and I heard this so much, so many times in my ministry, 
people would say, especially older people, they'd say to me, "We're not going to go visiting. We're not going to tell people about the gospel. We're not going to. We're not going to do this. That's what we pay you for." It's the preacher's job. So, so the attitude uh, as as a whole is this. You, I'm the minister, you're the members, and what I want you to do is pay, pray, and stay out of the way and let let the big shots like me take care of the ministry. Yeah. And so that's the reason why we're in the mess we're in, we're in, in my a, humble and normally accurate, accurate opinion. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to go to a break. I, I remember, as Herb used to say, Herb Hodges that I alluded to earlier, he said, you know, there's two things God can't save is seats and saints, and the church is full of both of them. And <laughs> that's right. That's, and we we're, we're just keep congregating. Yes. Talk about that some more. Hey, guys, if you got family like I do, you know how much your loved ones depend on you. And in a worst-case scenario, you would want them to worry. You don't want them to worry about money, right? A good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind that if something happens to you, your family will have a safety net to cover mortgage payments, college costs, other expenses that pop up. So they can get back on their feet and focus on what's most important. So Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 per month for a million dollars of coverage. So options offer, you know, some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. And Policy Genius has got licensed agents that can help you find the best fit for your needs. They work for you, not the insurance companies. <clears throat> that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer, insurer over another. So you could trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal details are private. You don't have to, you know, it, listen, bottom line, they got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. So you can trust in them. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to buy and find uh, the insurance. So head to policygenius.com slash Chad. Click the link in the description of this show. Get your free life insurance quote. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Chad. Be right back. So anybody that follows Chris Cruz on social media, Chris, you, you've always got these young guys in your house and you bring them around and you know what wade's describing is something that i see you doing consistently um in, in bringing these young men around and and uh pouring your life into them and and again we've always likened it to um the difference between preaching and making disciples is sort of like if you lined up you know five gallon buckets 20 yards away from you and then you took another bucket of water and you just threw the water at the bucket. Some water would get into those buckets. That's preaching. Yeah. That, that's, that's getting up and shouting at everybody week after week. Uh, you get something out of it. Some water gets in the bucket. But discipleship is when you actually walk over there with the bucket and pour the water in each individual one. Yes. And that's much more effective. Absolutely. And, and, and you use preaching to... to find and filter and preaching's not a bad thing oh believe me i've been i've been doing it and, and that's kids. one of the things i'd rather I, preach than eat when i'm hungry I, <laughs> you used to I tell grew, me said it, where you grew up in middle tennessee if you weren't standing on six inches of your britches leg after you were done preaching you didn't do a good job well you didn't finish all that you got to be wet with sweat wet all with over sweat. it's a horse you can't speak and standing on six inches of your britches leg <laughs> <laughs> that's preaching that's when you're shucking the corn baby. yeah you got to get into that huh, huh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let the loose end drag. <laughs> That's right. 
I got more sophisticated now, though. I'm not. You done got Sue Abe yeah, and Do Boner. Sue Abe and D Boner. <laughs> um, <laughs> preaching is an important thing. Yes, uh, we're we're commanded. I mean, curriculum. You know, it, it is a stand, yes. and you know, I, I get so on my nerves when I see these preachers. Now, it's a modern day thing to sit on a stool by a table and and just talk to everybody. That's not preaching. Yeah, and by the definition of it, that yeah. is not preaching. Unless you can't do anything else. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're too old to exactly. move around. I, I mean, I get <clears throat> it, and I'm not saying there's not a time and place for that. But but I think when you go back to as we said in the first segment, a declaration that we win. That's the gospel. Yes. That is a stand and proclaim it kind of message. Yes. And I think we've lost that. It's ridiculed yes. in today's modern society. It's always been ridiculed. Without question. But, yeah. but you know, this, you know, uh, but then you have, you know, we look at the great awakenings that happened in our nation. You know, Jonathan Edwards, who, who was blind, who had his spectacles on and would read the sermon notes yeah. this close to his face. That wasn't a charismatic proclamation of the gospel, but yet right. deep repentance fell across the nation. And, it, and I think we're at that point now. A lot of people would call that revival. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the term revival. Neither do I. I don't think it's a New Testament concept. You're 100% right. Why not? Well, for, for, Jesus would never endorse such a concept because basically it's Old Testament. Now, now you're blowing people's minds here because there are people, I guarantee, even in the live chat, we need revival. We don't. Well, we need reformation we need reformation. And we need spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. There's a difference in spiritual awakening, a radical spiritual awakening and revival. Uh, he, he, here's why Jesus... You, you, that term is not used in the New Testament, by the right. way. You, it's you, an Old Testament It's term. an Old Testament concept. Why? Because in the Old Testament, you find the children of Israel, they're in, they're in fellowship with, with God. They sin, and, and in their sinning and, and going away from God, the Old Testament refers to it as backsliding. And so in their backslidden condition, the discipline of God would come upon them. And in the severity of that chastisement, they'd repent and be restored. And then they'd go for a few years and then they'd backslide again. So you get in this vicious cycle of, of yes, walking in fellowship and doing the will of God, and then rebelling against God, sinning and suffering and supplicating and and. That that's not New Testament Christianity. It should be there. It should be this way: one step and then another and another mm -hmm. onward. That sure, there's some stumbles, <clears throat> but but again, it's not just a a brief uh, moment in which the Spirit of God shows up. And and I do appreciate the fact that 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 happens. It does. And it's happening around the country now, especially. Uh, with uh, college age mm -hmm. kids, and I'm excited about that. But that's happened in the past and didn't last because if it doesn't move into genuine uh, reformation, ongoing deepening reformation and recovery of truth and go into uh, uh, how to walk in constant, consistent enjoyment of God, that's the whole deal. Not, not just in starts, fits, and jerks, and stops, and starts, <laughs> but walking with the Lord and enjoying His presence. That's, yeah. uh, for me, that, that, that concept, Chad, changed my life more than anything else. And that is the, the uh, Westminster Confession, the, the uh, 
the catechism, the shorter catechism says, question one, what is the chief end of man? What is the raison d'etre? What is the reason for man? And it answers the question by saying, the chief end of man is to enjoy God and glorify him forever. Well, I've got a good lot of good reform friends who are big on enjoy, uh, glorifying God, but they don't seem to enjoy him much. See, that's a lost concept. It is. Uh, but, but, hey, what I God, but isn't God in a bad mood today? Looking to judge you, looking to <laughs> no. bust you. I mean, the lightning's going to come down on the church if you step in, and it's going to catch fire. No, and- the good news, the good news of the gospel is all that's fixed, and now I'm <laughs> in a relationship with Him through Christ, and He sees me in Christ as Christ, and loves me in Christ as Christ, so that I know He has a smile on his face when he looks toward me. Not because I'm goody-goody two-shoes, but because I am in a relationship with him. The only way you can come into a relationship with him, and that is through his son. And I'm in union with him. I'm in covenant with him. And so God sees me in Christ and accepts me as such. And so so now enjoy. I I can enjoy God. And and John Piper said it best when he said, God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Mm -hmm. And then he says sin is what we do when we're not satisfied with all that God promised to be for us in Jesus. So my chief end is to enjoy God. So I can be happy. I can be, you know. Yes, that's what he wants. Amazing concept. Celebrating that you being alive in throw, Jesus throw with a, a never-dying life. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church in Ephesus, he said in the very first verses, he said, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. When that word blessed means happy. <coughs> happy. It does. Be happy. Makarios. Be the God and Father. Yes. Some translations use that word, happy. Yeah. But God's we've separated happy. that in the church today. Uh, you, you know, we, we talk about we should have said joy instead of happiness. But the people, for the most part, who believe that uh, say that the New Testament is not about happiness. It's about joy. But their mm. joy is like a Texas oil well. It's so deep you can't ever get it up. You have to pump it and prime it and then doesn't well, show very often. You know, and, and, and to talk about. Again, I, we exchange the word happiness for joy. Joy is what you're after. Happiness, as you've always said, hap- if your happenings happen to happen happily, you'll be happy. But if your happenings happen to happen unhappily, you'll be unhappy. That's circumstantial. Yeah. The beauty of God being happy is his circumstances never change. That's right. So circumstantially, he's yeah. happy. And, and Paul says in Timothy that he is the happy God. The happy God. Not yeah. many people think of him like that. Yeah. So, no, I don't live f- f- fearful that the shoe's going to drop today b- because I don't do this or do that. I want to talk about that some more. We're going to do it in the next segment. Uh, hey, listen, uh, cleaning guns. God's happy. I'm happy that I got guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guns and God and gold. Oh, that's a great. <laughs> God, gold, and guns, man. Uh, cleaning your guns, it's one of those necessary hassles in life. I, I hate it. It's a dirty job. I put it off all as much as I can. You know, those patches, they get messy. They're inefficient. You pull the rope through that thing, and it, it's got that two-color pattern on it, which hides the dirt when it comes through the barrel. That's not good. I found a much better solution, and I'm happy to bring it to you with my friends from Barrel Buddy. Barrel Buddy compresses to fill the interior of your gun's barrel, making sure to clean the rifling grooves, and it comes in seven different sizes to match any caliber firearm. And Barrel Buddy is composed of polymers that don't leave behind the residual particles, so it's safer, too. That's an amazing concept. It cleans by scrubbing and collecting particulates, then absorbs any remaining residue and buffs the interior surface clean. I can even lubricate the firearm while I'm cleaning it. Now, 
uh, cleaning your guns. It's important. It's actually a, a very responsible part of being a gun owner. And Barrel Buddy is a totally new concept. Better way of taking care of your firearms. You're the only people out there who have a product like this. So I want you to get some today. I guarantee you're going to love them. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today. That's BarrelBuddy.com. And we'll be right back. We talked about the gospel. We talked about repentance. We talked about, um, you know, we, t- we talked about some of these ideas of um, this misconception about God's attitude towards all of us. Um, let's, let's deal with the, the thing about discipleship and revival. I mean, there's, there's a big, we live under a different economy now. If you're in Christ, you're under a different economy. In the Old Testament, they waited for the Spirit of God to show up and manifest right. Himself. It, but now we're talking about the internal dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people out there who believe that, and they sit around saying, well, Jesus is coming back anytime. I mean, the economy's failing. We're about to be, the, the dollar is about to no longer be the world's currency. Uh, the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, they shut us down for COVID, all of these bad things. People don't know if they're men or women. Everything's going crazy. Klaus Schwab says you're going to own nothing and be happy. I mean, we're doomed. We're doomed. We're doomed. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is going to come get us. <laughs> now, I'll be the one who says I don't believe that. I don't believe. Now, is there an end to all things? Yes, I do. But is there going to be some big rapturous experience where suddenly, boom, you don't have to deal with the deal? What do you think? Put you on the spot. <laughs> You're not going to put me on the spot. I've been dealing with that for the last 30 years. <laughs> I, I, honestly, well, let me preface any further remarks by saying we both believe that eventually uh, at the end of human history, Jesus will return uh, literally, visibly, bodily, and there will be uh, uh, a judgment. There will be a uh, a renovation and a new heaven and a new earth. That's orthodox Christianity. Sure. But but the other part, and and I really believe that one of the one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why we're in the mess we're in, and one of the reasons why uh, Christians have such little influence in our culture, is because we have this escapist mentality. I'm going to mess up no doubt some of your viewers' favorite song, and that mm-hmm. is, um, just a few more weary days and then yeah. I'll fly away. Well, who wants to join up with an organization that's only got a few more weary days and then? <laughs> I don't want to live weary my, days. If you're my age, you're <laughs> <laughs> you can start talking kind of like that, but if you're, you're not going to appeal to somebody that's 21 years old and say, well, join up with us. We just got a few more weary days, really? So... It's it's this attitude of 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 things are going to go from bad to worse, yeah. and and all of this is predicted. Well, I used to believe that, but I don't believe that anymore. And I believe the the escapist mentality has caused us to to vacate all of the disciplines of life, education. The educational system started out, everything educational was founded by Christians for the most part. Yeah. Ten of the first universities founded by by, by, by the churches. The uh, hundred almost of the universities had Christian 
um, origination. But now, uh, years ago, we abandoned that. We abandoned education. We abandoned um, the political scene because it's corrupt. We aban- And so into that vacuum flows power, and the power is the powers that be now for the most part, basically because yeah. we evacuated. We're going to talk in overtime. <clears throat> We're going to talk about the kingdom of God, what that means. That's this big ethereal term that people say, you know, they, and there's a misunderstanding there. Uh, so I want you to tune in for, for the overtime because um, we're going to expand on more of these topics, all of these topics even more. But it's hard to do business while you're trying to go out of business. Yeah, you took my quote away from me. That's I know. I, Jesus said, occupy, do occupy, business until I come. Occupy, do business until I come. <clears throat> so, so if you're sitting there, as, as our old uh, one of our old friends used to say, I'm, I'm looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker. <laughs> yeah. An undertaker you're, you're, got him. Yeah, the undertaker got him. Old Ray's gone. Yeah, <laughs> Ray used to say, well, I'm going to eat my dessert first in case the Lord comes. I want to eat the good part yeah. first. And he would. Right. Um, before he'd eat his meal. It, you know, it, that's an escapist mentality. It is. It, and what I want people to take away from this episode of this show is that you can live in victory with an indwelling Holy Spirit, with him as your guide, when you model Christ, when you pour your life out into others. And I believe that is not an escapist mentality. I believe it's a kingdom mentality. It's a, it's a, it's a dominating mentality. Yes. And, and with it's a truth. You've got to have truth as well. There has to be truth. And, and it, yeah. we live in that objective. I want to talk about this too in overtime. There's so much subjectivity to my truth your truth yes oprah's truth and 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 that's not truth at all yes and and the very idea that you can declare there are no absolutes that's contradict that's an absolute absolute statement statement. hang tight all right we gotta this is where we start getting to the heart out this is why i want to be able to podcast for hours on end wade we got stuff to talk about amen so i'm gonna make you stick around <laughs> hey guys inflation has consequences as the fed raises interest rates to combat out of control government spending long-term bonds have diminished in value crippling banks depositors are holding their breath investors are bailing on bank stocks diversification has never been more important Now, the recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. And now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Now, Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text CHAD, I spell it CHAD, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They're going to help you convert your existing IRA or 401k that's tied to a volatile market into an IRA in, in physical precious metals, gold and silver. And the best part is it's tax sheltered. So text CHAD to 989898. Claim your free info kit on gold today with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. So what do you do? Text CHAD to 989898 today. Hang tight. We'll be right back. All right, Wade Trimmer. Training for Reigning Institute for Disciple Making. Training for Reigning. It's T-R-D-M. T-R-I-D-M. T-R-I-D-M. Here's one thing we're going to do. T-R-I-D-M dot org is where you can find his writings and sermons and messages and the stuff that will disciple your mind. If you want to know how to pour truth into other people, go get Wade's stuff. The content is there. 
and and use it years of it it. years of it and the other thing we're going to do i'm committing this to you we're going to build you a new website it's time for a new one. website, Wade. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna build. I, that's gonna, I'm gonna build you a new website. Yes, and it's good. gonna look I'll good. I'll take it. It's gonna look good. We will put Brad Pitt on there and say that's Wade Trimble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get your numbers up. That'll we're gonna be pump them insult. numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Put somebody you, man. else on. I love you. Uh, listen, uh, overtime, don't miss it. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you guys to go to chadpratherlive.com and uh, check out my live schedule. going to be in Fort Smith Friday. Don't miss me. And uh, a lot more coming up. blazetv.com slash chad. Use promo code chad. We'll see you later. Bye.